This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it is Rebecca and Tara, and today our topic is going to be Pride Month Picks. And I have to say, we haven't traditionally done like women's history or black history, et cetera. But Tara and I thought it would be a good idea for us to start doing that just because I look at other people's lists and we would like to be able to add to that conversation, right? Yeah, it's always. And some people do tend to use like those themes as a jumping off point for their reading, monthly reading. I don't always, but some people do. Yeah, exactly. So, well, let me start out just to ask how you've been. What what have you been up to? I have, uh, I'm good. I have a sick kitty cat. Oh. Yeah. Big guy Thor is in the uh, kitty cat hospital. Aww. He's doing well. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. But he's got like uh, crystals, which cats get quite often. So a little mm-hmm. blocked urinary tract bladder thing. So, yeah. Uh, he's not with us at the moment. He is at the hospital, but hopefully he's coming home tomorrow. Oh, but wow. the vet has been wonderful, sending me pictures of him with his little <laughs> IV in and all. Oh, so cute. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Well, I love Thor, too. So um, uh, we're sending positive vibes yep. to him for a very quick healing, and he'll be back with everybody yep. soon. That would be great. And how about you? What are you up to? Uh, I, you know what? I just have to keep saying this probably over and over and over again, but I'm still reading the Ted Kennedy biography, loving every minute of it. Awesome. So, and I finally, all of you probably, probably already know this, but it's like, duh, I finally downloaded the audio version so that when I go outside for a walk or something, I can listen to it. So that's been working really well for me. And I will continue to do that in the future. You're doing a hybrid reading. Yeah. I think I've turned so good. I haven't done that before. So, yeah. And I was saying to you, too, that it makes me feel like, because it's 600 pages. So it makes me feel really like I'm blowing through it because when I come home or, you know, I have to like adjust my physical copy or my audio copy, I feel like I'm just blowing past chapters. I am obviously listening to or reading them all, but it just, it just feels quicker. Oh, yeah. Which... For me, I don't normally read a book over 350 pages. Yeah. So. No, it's a good way for you to get through a big book. I feel like that would also, that that sensation of like moving the bookmark, like in mm-hmm. your physical book, would be like checking something off your checklist, you know, like just like boom. And that's like an awesome feeling. Yeah. So I definitely will do that again for books this size. And I think maybe that will help me not be so reticent to open up a really big honker of a mm-hmm. book. So yeah. So mm-hmm. that, that would be good. But. Nice. Okay, so Pride Month picks. Okay. What do you want to bring to the table first? Okay. Well, this was really interesting because once we decided that we were going to do this topic, I found I ended up really having to think about it. Like usually I get whenever we choose a particular topic, it's always like bam, bam, bam. But this one I realized I really kind of had to dig a little bit because I'm feel like I don't purposely read books by or about queer authors or characters. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So I really had to like, it was a um, a reevaluation of some of my reading. It was kind of weird. So, but I'm going to go with an older book, which I think I may have mentioned 
once before on the podcast, but I reread it within the last couple years, and it is Fall on Your Knees by Anne Marie MacDonald. So, and this is a big chonker of a book, Rebecca, and this would be a great one for you to do as a hybrid reading. Okay. I'm just saying, because I think you would really, really like this book because it's uh, so it was written in 1996, takes place Cape Breton in 1920s to maybe 1940. I can't, I'm guesstimating that last date, but it's kind of this epic family saga, which I know, I don't think you're a huge fan of. However, it's this one, I think would really, I think you would enjoy this. I'm going to say mm-hmm. it again. Uh, So it's essentially about four sisters, Kathleen, Mercedes, Francis, and Lily, and their father, James, uh, and their mother. I can't remember her name, and I forgot to write it down. Uh, James is from Cape Breton, so he's uh, Caucasian. Their mother is Lebanese. So the sisters are uh, mixed race, uh, as is Anne-Marie MacDonald, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. And where the... So Anne-Marie MacDonald is herself queer. And one of the sisters, Kathleen, the oldest sister in the book, moves to New York City. She's the oldest sister. She's beautiful. She has a beautiful singing voice, very extremely talented. She moves to New York City to pursue a career in singing, where she meets Rose, an African-American cross-dressing woman who plays the piano for her for her music lessons. This is, so this would be in the 1920s that she moves to New York and it's their relationship is kind of carried throughout the book in a really cool way. I don't want to put any spoilers, but uh, the fact that it's a, there's a mixed race relationship, a queer relationship in with Kathleen's story especially in 1996 when this book was written. It's kind of like groundbreaking. And in that, in that particular point in history would also have been completely taboo. So it, this Kathleen's relationship and her story is just a part of the book because you get every sister's story and the father's story, but it's, that is the strongest queer element of the book. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Was this a Canada Reads book? Do you oh, know? I don't know. You know, she it was an Oprah book. It was an Oprah pick. Oh, okay. Back way, way back. Um, I I would be surprised if it wasn't mm-hmm. on Canada Reads at some point because it's uh, it's like an iconic Canadian lit book right now, I would say, Yeah. at this point. And uh, Anne-Marie has a new book that came out very, re- I think, in the fall called Fane, F-A-Y-N-E which is supposed to be like her queerest book yet. I haven't read it, but I'm looking at it right now because I have mm-hmm. it. But yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny when you say that, which is true. I, I don't really necessarily read those big family sagas. I have, and I've really enjoyed some. Mm-hmm. But it but it so makes me realize this and as, as, long, as well as queer literature, I just don't, I, I just don't know why I haven't picked these books up. And this is yeah. one of the things when I started to look at titles to talk about, uh, boy, I'll tell you, I didn't have a whole lot to choose from. And I think because I spent the last few years really reading a lot of indigenous authors mm-hmm. and the only, I think the only indigenous book I read 
with queer characters or by a queer author is Joshua Whitehead. I can't remember the title of it now. Yeah, Which uh, one was Johnny it? Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Appleseed. And that's not to say there aren't gay characters in other books, but I'm just saying I realized that there, especially in the indigenous world, there are there's so much queer literature as well. There's so much mm-hmm. intersectionality there, but I just have not picked those up. And so I thought, okay, I got some work to do, clearly. Yep. So anyway, <laughs> so the first book I want to talk about is one that I read. I think I read it at the end of last year. But anyway, I loved it so much and I absolutely have to talk about it again because I think it's one that is not has not been really noticed by a lot of people. And it seems to me, I don't know that even Canadian libraries have picked it up. And so I just want to keep pushing it out there and telling people to buy this book, which is titled, it's nonfiction, Missed Connections, A Memoir in Letters Never Sent by Brian Francis. And I'm going to read a little bit of the blurb from Goodreads because sometimes I can't remember books that well to talk about them. But so in 1992, he was a college student. He was still in the closet, but he wanted a loving relationship. And so he placed a personal ad in a local newspaper, which back in 1992, if you think about it, right, that's really old school. So anyway, he received 25 responses, but there were 13 letters that he just never answered and he sort of tucked them away. And then nearly 30 years later, he pulled those letters back out and he decides to respond to them. Now, not literally to where he's actually sending them to the individual who sent Mm -hmm. the original letter, but it's basically, you know, he, he talks about his, his life in context of the times back then. And now subjects like body image, aging, desire, the price of secrecy, being in the closet, being out of the closet. So It's just really wonderful. But I want to read this because I cannot say it as well as they wrote it in Goodreads. And it says, Misconnections is an open-hearted, irreverent, often hilarious, and always bracingly honest examination of the pieces of our past we hold close and all that we lose along the way. It is also a profoundly affecting meditation on how Brian's generation, the queer people who emerged following the generation hit hardest by AIDS, were able to step out from the shadows and into the light. In an age when the promise of love is just to tap or swipe away, this extraordinary memoir reminds us that our yearning for connection and self-acceptance is timeless. Mm. So I loved this book so much. I, I ended the year with it. It was one of my best reads the whole year. And I love Brian Francis. I want everyone to read this book. So there's my pitch. Yeah. Please look for it in your public library. And if they don't have it, ask your library to buy it. And uh, if you, which usually they will if you ask them to buy it. And um, if not, buy it a copy yourself, which is what I did. So, well, pitch worked on me. It's on my list. I haven't read it yet, but it. I, th- I think you. I think you will really love it. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. My second choice is a book that I just finished. Again, but it's an older uh, title, and it's from 2012, and it's the graphic novel memoir. Are You My Mother by Alison Bechtel. Have you heard of this one, Rebecca? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. I've had this one. I don't even know when I bought this, but I bought this like several years ago. I can't remember where. Like, I don't even, maybe I didn't buy it. I don't know how I got this book, but I've had it for years. Mm-hmm. I had started reading it at one point and then abandoned it, but kept it. And so I picked it up early last week kind of thing. And I 
know I reached the point where I abandoned it and I could see why I abandoned it only because that sounds terrible. There's a lot to this book, but I persevered this time and it was totally worth it because it is essentially about Allison's relationship with her mother. Uh, her mother, who is not a happy woman, she found herself at a young age in an unhappy marriage with, I think, three small children, and she'd given up uh, her dream of acting, like any artistic pursuits, to be in this unhappy marriage. Uh, her relationship with Allison is they're close, but Allison is a lesbian, and she has, prior to this book, she wrote another memoir, which was about uh, her father, who uh, commits suicide. So I, the impetus for this book at the beginning is that she now wants to write a book about her mother, and she's trying to tell her mother, this is what I wanted, you know, like trying to brace her mother for this news. Mm -hmm. And her mother's like, well, I want to see your name. And Allison also Prior to this, I think her first thing, uh, she did a comic strip. Oh, I forgot to write down the name of the comic strip, but it was uh, Life with Dykes or something like that, something to that extent. Mm -hmm. um, and her mother was like, I want to see your name on a book, but does it have to be about lesbians? Right. Oh. So it's, yeah. Which is, so that right there just tells you a lot about it. But it, so that's essentially yeah. what the book is about. But at the same time, what she does. I, I'm really the memoir as a in the form of a graphic novel. I I am really digging these lately. It is because it's yeah. amazing what these artists can do. Because she gives you almost like train of thought on one page. Like it's it's she's giving you like a dream session, and then what she's thinking about psychoanalysis mm -hmm. and Freud. There's she's throwing Virginia Woof at you, and then she might be having a conversation with her mom on the phone at the same time. Mm. And she's uh, you get her relationships with various women that she's had throughout the last several years at this point. And this seems like a lot, but the way she does it through pictures and her words, it just all kind of flows, and you get this whole sense of their relationship and her her life it's just quite beautiful it's endearing what she's not endearing oh that sounds I don't like that word I don't know I can't think of the word I I want but you know like you yeah. you, you it's encompassing how she yeah. does it and you're like there and there were moments like the especially she was really especially at that point time in her life into psychoanalysis and talking of the several key players in the fields and I honestly, I didn't understand most of that because sometimes it got a little technical, mm -hmm. but it didn't matter. I'm like, I don't think I have to understand this. That's just what the character is into. But it does, I don't need to know it in order to enjoy it. I think two things are interesting. One yeah. is that I think you're right. Graphic novels are able to give us a... a a wealth of information in different ways visually that maybe you yeah. can't do in a in the written word. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Unless you do like a really cutting edge kind of, you know, experimental sort of text mm -hmm. in a written book. And sometimes that doesn't work for readers. But the other thing I wanted to ask was at what point 
when you said you abandoned, which I like to say, yeah. you just set it aside. So when you yes, that's yeah. set it aside, why did you do you like you said when you got to that point, you knew why you did it. So why did you set it aside? I think because I was too uh, hung up on the technical psychoanalysis talk. Mm-hmm. Right. Because at this point in the book that I had, there was a lot of it. And there was like she had a pictures of that showed um text like uh blurbs from the textbooks and stuff like this and i think because i don't really get that stuff i just got bogged down by it Mm -hmm. and closed the book yeah yeah this time i don't know because i think i have changed my reading and a little like i've given myself grace to not always understand stuff Right. You've done that really well, though, because you've mm-hmm. really t- tackled some interesting titles, and you've kind of said that. And I think that's, I think you're, it's so smart to do it that way because wh- why should we let something hold us up when maybe it's like you say, it's just a, like a small part of it, and you can move through the rest of it and enjoy something yeah. altogether. Yeah. So. And in the end, I mean, I did take something from it. And I think the, what she was doing was a very large part of the character and the book mm-hmm. and what she, and how she like got through her relationship with her mom, how she uh, addressed it and stuff. But yeah, like I didn't need to understand every word of this textbook that was being highlighted kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look I at really that. Enjoy- yeah. And she's got a new one out, I believe. I of course didn't write down the name. I am because I'm a terrible podcast host apparently. But <laughs> <laughs> but I will like I wanna I wanna check out her new book and I'm gonna go back and uh find her first book, which was about her father. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can put those in the show notes too. So if you send me yes, those titles that I will. you're talking about, yeah. I'll put the I'll include those in the show notes. So great. My next book is, it's a, it's actually, I think it's considered a YA novel, but a lot of readers really felt that it was a, a middle grade book, but then they said, oh, but with some dark elements. So to me, sometimes the labels really drive me crazy. I don't me really too. care. I'm just going to let you know that it was a youth book. So whatever that means to you, but it's a Latsway by Darcy Little Badger. And she herself is Lippin Apache. So she's written this character. And of course, I know I just realized I forgot to write down the girl's name. Cannot remember it. Okay. Anyway, she can raise the ghosts from the past. Like that's one of her sort of, it's magical realism. And it's the United States sort of current dimes, but with a lot of different kind of magical elements to it. So that was kind of a fun thing. And her beloved cousin has just been murdered in this small town that's really creepy. And also one of the characters in the book is Kirby, which is the main character's ghost dog. But the reason I'm bringing this book up is what I loved about it, because right off, I think really close to the beginning of the book, you discover the main character is Arrow Ace. And I love that because I thought to myself, first of all, I had just discovered what that meant. I didn't mm-hmm. even know what that meant. And so so it's aromantic and asexual, basically. And plus, I love that it was in a book that could be for any age group of young people as well as adults. And it was said in such a subtle way. It was just sort of said, 
And then it just carried on. And so I have to say, for me as a reader, what it meant was, oh, this is going to sound really bad, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It made me realize that no matter what characters came along, there wasn't going to be this cheesy romance that could potentially derail it. Because sometimes that happens, especially like in young adult books, they, Mm -hmm. they really need to have some kind of a romance. And the fact that she just, that's not who she is. That's not her interest. That's not who, you know, it's just not who she is as a human being. Yep. It kind of took it off the table. And I really was able to just enjoy the story Yeah. and not have to worry about some manufactured thing that didn't feel, that just feels a little odd to me. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Alatsaway, it's one of her best titles. It's a big award-winning book. She's written other age, you know, books for other ages and everything, but I absolutely loved a lot so way so please i highly recommend that one as well yeah this one again is on my list because of you and i i really can't wait to look, uh, read it and i believe there is i could be wrong but i believe there might be a sequel at some mm-hmm. point with this main character which i re- really yeah. hope there is i'm really looking forward to that so what i really like too about it although i haven't read the book so maybe i'm but it sounds like it's just it's incidental, like the character, like I think mm-hmm. this is when you show true diversity and inclusion, when the characters are just diverse as part of the character and not, that's not the main story. You know what I mean? Like that's not what you're coming for. It's yeah, just there. I 100% agree. And that's why I say it's sort of mentioned, I think, sort of right at the beginning, but then it's just not, there's, they, they don't, she doesn't point it out. She doesn't mm-hmm. make a big deal of it that's what I love about it. It's just, she's just living her life. She's just is who she is. And there's no, you know, big notification to everyone or people talking about it. It's just yeah. who she is. She's accepted by her family and her friends for who she is. And I just mm-hmm. love that. It's very natural. Yeah. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Book three, I am going like right off the tracks, completely different from my first two books. Ooh. I know. <laughs> I am going with Red, White, and Royal Blue by ah. Casey McQuiston. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I yeah. totally know what you're talking about. Yes. yes. So straight up romance. Oh, my gosh. It's lovely. It was written in 2019. I think I read it maybe around that time or 2020 around then. Uh, I, got, I loved this book so much. And it is about the son of the American president, Alex. Uh, and his relationship with his longtime nemesis, the royal Prince Henry. That's <laughs> so lovely. It's great. The American president is a woman. So, Yay. yeah. Uh, Alex is mixed race himself as his mother. The president is Caucasian. His father is a Latino. It's just it's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. It's fun. It's romantic. It's a little spicy. There is sex for those who don't want to read because some people don't like, don't want sex in their book. Yeah, there is yeah. sex. It's not like super spicy and you know, but it's it's there. I liked it. I was cool with it. It's yeah, fun. it's been on my list forever because yeah. everyone who reads it, I swear, I don't think I've ever heard anyone not absolutely love it and just be entertained by it and how fun yeah. it was. So yeah, it's a great one. I just really, I'm like. I really liked it. I've read another of hers. Oh, of course, I didn't look up the name. Um, (laughs) Terrible. Because I enjoyed this one so much that when the next book came out, I was like, oh, I'm going to grab that. But I uh, wasn't a big fan of it, actually. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to look it up right now. But this one I just really enjoyed. It had like the tension because it's like an enemies to lovers mm-hmm. trope as well. And it had that cool tension. Oh, One Last Stop. That was her book that uh, it, from 2021. That one I didn't love that much. Mm-hmm. I did read it. Like it didn't not, I didn't not read it or didn't finish it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't red, white, and royal blue. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, what was the subject of that one basically? I mean, it's a romance as well. Yeah. That one also was a romance and that was, can't remember character names. The main character meets a woman on a subway. So she's on the subway in, I'm going to say New York city. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. And she meets this woman on the subway first. She just sees her and is attracted to her. And then every time when she would be on the subway at this certain time, this woman would always be there. And it comes to that this woman is caught basically in a time loop. Like she got stuck on the subway and can't get off from like 1970s or the 80s. So she's like this really cool punk rocker kind of chick. Uh, They fall in love. They have a relationship, but she can't leave the subway. That does sound really interesting. It is. You know, I think the, because I did finish it and I liked it and I really liked the character. I think her name was Jane was the one that stuck on the subway. I really liked that character. And there were like secondary characters that I think of now and I really enjoyed them. There was a drag queen, like her roommate was a drag queen. So I love drag queens. So I really liked that. Um, I think I just wasn't a huge fan of the main character. I think I found her a little bit whiny or something. So I didn't really like her. Yeah. And normally I don't need to like a character in order to like a book, but she annoyed me. Yeah. So I don't need to like you, but you can't annoy me kind of thing. That does happen and, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably have too many of those kind, but yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a that's okay. Well, yeah. uh, r- red, white, and royal blue. I mean, I'm not yeah. surprised at all. I think that, yeah, yeah like I said, everybody seems I to love it. I think it's a classic. Yeah. I think it's a good one to read. Yeah. I think it's a modern classic. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So my third one is a book that I read because the author reached out and asked if we wanted to read it. And this was, so this is when Shauna and I were doing the podcast together. Shauna did not read it, but I did. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. It's Cam and Bo by Maria Chiosh. And if you want to listen yeah. to the podcast, it's uh, from November 23rd, 2020. And basically, I'm going to read the little blurb because, again, it's been years since I read it now at this point. But uh, Cam and Bo are best friends, roommates, and massive potheads. And not just potheads. They're, like, doing other kind of drugs, too, by the way. But anyway, it says, life is sweet except for one crucial thing. Cam will never get up the nerve to tell Bo Larky he's in love with him. Cam is a man of thought, not action, and would rather linger in doubt than risk losing the friendship. That is, until the mysterious and unwelcome involvement of a mutual friend with an unshakable conviction that Bo reciprocates Cam's feelings and needs to be told the truth. And let me just say, this was a, what felt like a very realistic and very painful love story, and I couldn't put it down. It's very, I can't remember how many pages it is. It's pretty big, and... Maria herself, I think she has a PhD. Yeah, she's a P, she has a PhD. And she's written this with a lot of references to philosophy and philosophers. Mm-hmm. And I think I even asked her in the podcast, like, even if you don't know all of those people, 
can you still enjoy this book? And she said, of course, yes. So obviously the people who do know the references will get a lot more out of it, or I'll just say they will get more out of it. Yeah. Whereas I loved it. I was crazy angry because I wanted to kick Cam in the butt so many times and just say, tell him you love him. You know what I mean? I was just going crazy, but it was very realistic and the pain and the angst and everything they went through together it just resonated and it's set in Toronto and I can't remember the time period. It's a number of years ago. Maybe it was like in the 80s, 90s, 80s or 90s or something, 90s maybe. Anyway, set in Toronto. So uh, that was really kind of a fun thing because she references places that I sort of recognize as well. So that was kind of cool. But she said she was wanting to write a sequel because I do feel Mm -hmm. like it needs a sequel. And I haven't seen her active on social media at all. She was teaching at the professor level the mm. last I knew. And so she just may have a, just may be very busy and can't yeah. really do it. But I really hope that someday she does. And I want to encourage people to read it because again, I think it's a book it, and it made it on different lists. Like, I don't know if it was CBC or, or uh, other sort of notable lists from the Toronto area, but it did make some lists and I think it was in the Toronto Globe and Mail. I think so. It made one of their lists. But anyway, but I think it's a book that maybe not a lot of people picked up. I don't know that it was really, you know, well known to yeah. the masses, so to speak. So I highly encourage people to pick that book up as well. Yeah, that's another one that I haven't yet to read that I really wanted to because I uh, remember listening to the interview and I really enjoyed it. It was a good interview. Yeah. Yeah, Maria's quite, she's amazing because you can tell she's just got a huge brain. Mm-hmm. Like she's just really, really like one of those people that I just think, man, if I come back in my next life, I would like to have a brain like yeah. that. Like, yeah. you know, Cory Doctorow, that kind of level brain. But anyway. Alas, we are who we are, Rebecca. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have another one? I have so my fourth book is going to be one that I haven't read yet, but this is the uh, a one that I am looking forward to reading. Uh, hopefully, I'll pick it up this month actually, and it's also by an author who I've been wanting to read but have yet to read, and it is Tomboy Survival Guide by Ivan Coyote. Mm. Yes, and it's a memoir about growing up outside uh, the gender binary. I just think it sounds really. Uh, I know they wrote another book recently. Oh, shoot. What was that about? Also, it was nonfiction. Hmm. No, it's out of my brain. But I like so this author has been percolating around in like my book atmosphere. And Mm -hmm. I've yet to pick up one of their books, which is it's annoying me. So I'm like, this is the month I'm going to pick this one up. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, the one I want to mention. So I get the newsletter from Trish Talks Books. And her latest newsletter had a list of books, Pride Month kind of books from BuzzFeed. That's what it was. Okay. And one of the books they mentioned made me totally want to read this. And again, going to Goodreads. Sorry, everybody. It's just my go-to today. (laughs) It's called Open Throat by Henry Hoke. And it says here, a lonely, lovable, queer mountain lion narrates the star-making fever dream of a novel. And it says a queer and dangerously hungry mountain lion lives in the drought devastated land under the Hollywood sign 
Lonely and fascinated by humans, humanity's foibles, the lion spends their days protecting the welfare of a nearby homeless encampment, observing obnoxious hikers complain about their trauma, and in quiet, quiet moments, grappling with the complexities of their gender identity, memories of a vicious father, and the indignities of sentience. And it says, and then it says, I have so much language in my brain, our lion says, and nowhere to put it. Oh my God, that sounds Doesn't so that good. sound amazing? It does. Doesn't it? Yeah. So oh, yeah. that's that's the one I, and so I actually put a hold on it for my library. I think it doesn't come out till uh, a certain date in the beginning of June, I think. And so okay. uh, I have a hold on it, so to speak, but I'm waiting for a copy to be, you know, ready to yeah. uh, be loaned. And I don't know if I, if I don't know where I am on the wait list for that, but yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Good one. I think we've mentioned some really good titles, yeah. but I also think for my, I'll speak for myself and say that I really need to step up my pace and start to definitely look at more queer literature, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, because I am woefully underread in that genre. Yeah, I think I am too. I'm doing better, but I I know I think that's only in the last year or so that I've kind of uh, not been making more of an effort that 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 they've just kind of been appearing. So I'm wondering if that's also just getting more more queer authors are getting published too yeah. than used to. I just thought of another one that I'm really looking forward to that I don't think that this will surprise anyone, and it's Elliot Page's new memoir. Oh, yeah. That, that one, which I think is coming out very soon as well, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, I'm seeing if I can find the name of it uh, and stuff. So that one I am really looking forward to as yeah. well. That one's actually on the Buzz list, oh. Buzz oh, is it? list as well. Yeah, that one. Page I did Boy. see that one as That's well. That's it. Page yeah. Boy. Page yeah. Boy, a memoir. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this uh, podcast. And like I said, I think we're going to try and look at more sort of theme themes that come up mm. and 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 adding to the conversation about those books in different genre or whatever subject matter so i have because i realize i have to really open up and expand my reading horizons <laughs> and i think that will be a great way for me to to do that you can start with red white and royal blue absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay happy reading everyone Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.